This episode of Doing It For The Kids is supported by Nutmeg. Because finding your way in life isn't getting any easier or cheaper. To gift your children a financial head start, why not consider a junior ISA? And with a Nutmeg Stocks and Shares Junior ISA, you can follow your investments via their easy-to-use mobile app. And there's no hidden fees or charges to catch you out. Take your children on the investment journey with you, and there's a good chance they'll make wiser decisions later. What's more, you can choose one of Nutmeg's socially responsible portfolios for an investment pot you'll be proud to hand over to the next generation. That's going to make everyone feel good. Open a junior ISA today at nutmeg.com. Captain at risk, Joyceables apply. Oh, wow, that's loud. Sorry. <laughs> I've got Tony's chocolate. Basically because all the dairy milk is sold out. Mm. It's almost like people are at home and looking for comforting... Uh... Ha. What flavour have you gone for? Just milk chocolate. Just a massive bar of milk chocolate. Tony's chocolate is pretty thick, though, isn't it? It is. No, it's good. There'll be a product placement episode where somebody murders someone in EastEnders by walloping them over the head <laughs> with a bar of that stuff. <laughs> Did you hear the snap? It's pretty epic. Oh, you see? <laughs> you can put your back out cracking that chocolate. <laughs> Hello. You're listening to the Doing It For The Kids podcast, where we swear a bit too much and talk a bit too fast about freelance life with kids in the mix. I'm Frankie and this is Steve. Hello, yes. So each week we take a different question from the Doing It For The Kids community to our best to answer it, best we can. But we start the next episode by going back to that topic and taking your much more well-considered comments on board. Last week was... How to drum up new work without being seen as opportunistic. Oh, it's Gemma's question, that's right. Because we're recording this in the context of the pandemic Bethany Carter got in touch. Hey, Bethany. She says, I agree with Frankie about reaching out to people in a way that is real, human and honest. And I'd consider how... I think we both said it. I mean, she's making that sound. (laughs) I'll take it. And I'd consider how you can help in this situation. Ask your contacts how they're getting on and offer them an idea for something they could do that's unique to them. Mention that you have some free time if something comes up and keep it light. Steve Morgan wrote a very long, useful comment. I picked out one bit, but go and read it. Uh, Search for episode... 38? Sure, 38. He says, um, I think it's more than okay to put a tweet, post, whatever out there saying to people that you're looking for work. A friend of mine did this after he lost all his clients pretty much overnight when the lockdown was announced and he went from having zero clients to being inundated with requests. If he hadn't tweeted about it and hadn't been so open about his rubbish situation, that wouldn't have happened. I know a couple of others as well who have seen this, so his example isn't purely anecdotal or a one-off. That's a very good point, actually. Don't ask, don't get, right? Yeah, but that is different to messaging a client and saying, lay yeah. it out there, don't you, you think? Linda Kendall got in touch. Linda says, I put some stuff out the other week to offer payment plans and discounts on any work till this is over. As I knew some furloughed people might be using this time to follow their own business dreams and might want to get on with branding and websites. But I also knew money will be tight, so I wanted to offer the option of spreading payment. That's nice. That is nice. That's a good idea. Well done, Linda. Yeah, Putting herself out there asking for work because she's a designer, hence branding and websites. But being empathetic with it. What I like, by the way, the idea of a payment plan. Subtle difference, but significant. Anyway, how the hell are you? How was your week? Another week! Another week week. in lockdown. 
I started drinking at 5 p.m. today. <laughs> well, that's good, isn't it? That's later than normal. <laughs> yeah, it's not been a great week. I don't have a lot to say, really. Well, I have the anecdote about the penis picture. <laughs> Coming up after the break. <laughs> what a tease. <laughs> so, I saw this on Instagram. Mm-hmm. What was your son trying to draw? A butterfly. Right. So his schoolwork this week is centred around the hungry caterpillar, who obviously builds a cocoon, turns into a butterfly. So he he wanted to do some drawing with these chalk pens that we've bought, which you can use on the windows. They're really cool. The kind of thing like chalkboard artists do on pubs and stuff. And we were like, oh, stealth learning. We can ask him to draw the caterpillar. So we drew that. Great. Looked fab. Genuinely looked really good. And then we asked him to draw a butterfly. <laughs> And he just drew a massive cock and balls. <laughs> but like, he was like, yes, absolutely. I know exactly how to draw that. And then went in with such precision as to like the shape. So it started with the cock. <laughs> Down, ball, ball. Like it was, <laughs> it was just, and I just saw it emerging and was like losing my shit. It's literally on our bedroom, as in our bedroom window. And we also live on a very busy high street above like a road that quite a lot of people are walking along to go to our local supermarket so people are going oh let's go for a walk i love going for a walk let's look at the, the rainbow yeah we've got this big rainbow on the next room clap for the nhs pray big cock and balls how are you how are you holding up <sighs> last week on the podcast i was talking about the struggling with teaching them both at the same time yes I've now experimenting with working with our son at 8 a.m. Brave. Mm-hmm. Until 9. And then he does Joe Wicks. And then I do, I have a little break. And then I start with our daughter. Also, I have started downloading everything in advance and putting it into folders on Dropbox. So that I'm not trying to find it from the school website when they need it. So I've started getting a lot more organised. And I've discovered ways to get things from Dropbox to suddenly appear as if by magic on for example, the iPad, so that they can do you know, So we're printing less Nice, stuff. streamlining, like it. Oh, and we've signed our son up for a coding club thing. Oh, cool. I'm just hoping that, you know, in a couple of weeks, he'll be good enough to hack into the Tesco mainframe and be able to get <laughs> to delivery slot. Right. This week's question comes from Hannah Brook, B-R-O-O-K-E, hannahbrookphotography.co.uk. She says, so... I built my photography business up for two and a half years alongside my day job and got it to the point I could resign. Yay! I finished that day job next Thursday. Eek! The photography diary already got cancelled or postponed and after crying about it for about two solid weeks, I picked myself up and wrote an online course on smartphone photography, which people have actually bought. Hurrah! Obviously, I'm right proper chuffed about this. I'm from Yorkshire and you you want to say this in a Yorkshire accent? Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Oh, brilliant! Go on. Yorkshire. Come on, you you didn't didn't you go to university in Yorkshire? Aye, I did. No, a Yorkshire accent. Shush you. Obviously, I'm right proper chuffed about this. That's so awful, I'm so sorry. But my question to you is around pivoting my business and how to market this extra string I've added to my bow while still making it clear that photographing weddings and families is what I do and what I want to be doing when this extraordinary time is over. I have a lot of ideas, but I'm worried it all looks a bit chaotic and confusing to my customers. Thanks in advance, Hannah. Wow. Well, congratulations, by the way. 
Right. Do you know what I like about this question? She's turned it around already. Yeah, how positive it is. Because mm. it could be like, fucking hell, I just quit my job, guys. Although, caveat, can I put a little print, um, your brackets? Sure. If you quit your job, you've literally just gone freelance. And you have zero work, for example. There are some nice bosses who will furlough you. Yeah, they'll take you back and yeah, yeah. And it's allowed. It's not, it's not like a dodge. I'm just saying, depending on your relationship with your former employer and whether you have zero work at all, because, you know, there's... Anyway, just saying. No, that's a really good point. Martin, Martin, what's his name? Lewis. Martin Lewis has lots of really good information specifically on that point. But it sounds of it, you are feeling positive and you're cracking on anyway. So how do I pivot? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, here's the thing, right? Is it pivoting? Mm. Is it pivoting? Oh, he's flipped the question on its head. Boom. To me, pivoting is like, so Flickr, the photo sharing Mm -hmm. app, Flickr started life as a computer game. What? Part of the functionality of the computer game was the fact that you could upload photos and tag them and people could comment and blah, blah, blah. And eventually they were running out of money and the guys pivoted. They took part of their company that they realised that was getting a bit of a buzz and they ditched the thing that they loved that was the game and they went all in on Flickr, Hmm. right? That feels like a pivot because it it went in a totally different direction Mm -hmm. and off they went. You're you're, You're just adding extra services and ideas that supplement what you already do. And for that matter, even though you're doing it to help people during a crisis, these might well serve you well further down the line. Yeah, totally. You know, weddings are very seasonal anyway. We're going to be entering some sort of recession. (laughs) Some sort of. (laughs) Spoiler alert. I mean, you do also say an extra string I've added to a boat. And I would say it's that. It's not pivoting. It's a really good point because I bet there's loads of photographers that have wanted to set up that kind of thing. Online courses, other resources, stuff like outside of their bread and butter job. But they never have the time to do it kind of thing. It's always like an added luxury that they want to bolt on to their business. But here you are, having already done that. You've already bloody sold some. You haven't even officially gone freelance yet. Like, you're doing something right if people essentially trust you enough to buy a course from you. That's amazing. Yeah. Do not underestimate how big a pat on the back you should be giving yourself. Yeah, selling those things is is hard. It shows that you've got an audience of people who are, are on your side and interested in what you've got. Also, you're like, I have a lot of ideas. Because if you've got a lot of ideas, at least some of them are bound to work, right? I think she's just worried about over-egging it and confusing her messaging, I guess. But what a great place to start from. Some people might be sitting there going, oh, I I know I should be making some extra money, but I don't know what Mm. to do. You've got lots of ideas. So that's awesome as well. But you're worried that it's all going to look a bit messy. So I think really that comes down to the way you put it out there, the way you message it. Mm -hmm. For a start, with your website, you might want to tweak that so that you literally say, for example, I'm a wedding and family photographer. Clearly, can't be doing that right now. But (laughs) here's how I'm going to help you get beautiful memories to share right now anyway. Steve's on a roll. Get a copywriter in. (laughs) Job done. No, yeah, I was going to say, and that's the, that that is important as well. Like, 
if you're worried about it looking chaotic speak to somebody who will help you make it not look chaotic because there are copywriters who will absolutely nail the message for you and there are designers who will likewise be able to advise you or help you create it like it doesn't i don't think this this needs to be a bad thing this is like look at me i've got all of this shit to help you through this time presumably though there's been like an actual toing and froing because she had work lined up for going freelance which has all been cancelled. So I guess there's also those people that she's had to cancel or postpone with and, like, how does she now manage that relationship, talk about what she can help them with in a way that is clear and doesn't muddy the offer, I guess? You see, I think the good thing is, let's be realistic, as consumers here, right, Mm -hmm. we can all take photos on our iPhones or whatever Mm -hmm. that look pretty good. Indeed. But they are still never as good as a professional photographer who is awesome. Like That's why photographers are still thriving, despite the fact that we have a, these amazing devices in our pockets. So if you've booked in to do a family portrait shoot with somebody, they are still going to want, like, even if you help them edit those photos and make them look great right now, I still believe they would still want you to take their photos when it's all over. Further down the line. Yeah, I guess maybe there's a fear that you'd dig yourself out of the higher paid job. But it's like I'm taking art workshops at the moment because I'm enjoying it Mm -hmm. and I'm getting better at doing art. But God, I would still rather pay somebody to paint me a proper picture to put on the wall. Yeah, but your drawings are still crap. (laughs) Hey. So it doesn't matter if you teach someone even how to use a proper DSLR camera, let alone a smartphone. Such a good point. They're still not going to be a photographer. It helps them do their own shizzle. But it also reinforces the fact that you know your shit and they don't. <laughs> but then, of course, you know, nobody's going to visit your website unless they're being led there. Mm. So for ex- I imagine that Instagram is a big thing for a photographer. Indeed. And not just on your grid, but more importantly, in your stories to share that personality. Mm. Every few days, of course, you can say something like, obviously, I'm really looking forward to shooting weddings again like don't stop mentioning that that's what you do Mm. but obviously i can't at the moment so i've been taking these photos (laughs) of my own family and you might want feel comfortable Mm. sharing some of those uh oh i've been doing i was just been doing some editing of family shoots i did before all of this happened do you want to see some of them but maybe and perhaps this is one of the things you want to offer already you also say how many photos are you taking now Would it be useful if I showed you maybe some better ways of taking natural photos around your house or how better to edit them? So you can even ask questions, put a little poll on your sticker or whatever the heck you use Instagram. Like, like, so that you, you can almost like see whether it's something that people are interested in before you create it. Yeah. So like you could offer to edit people's photos for them Mm. and then maybe create a nice photo album Mm. for them. And again, yes, there's software where people can create their own photo books online. You're thinking doesn't mean they want to do it themselves. They fucking don't. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think there's huge opportunity. But you just talk about it so that when you are mentioning it on Instagram, you're still referencing the fact that you can't wait to get back out there Mm. and be with you guys and take the photos up front. If she doesn't use IGTV, she definitely should. I follow quite a few photographers that do really, genuinely, really good, useful, like mini workshops almost on IGTV. 
in a really short, easy to consume five minute IGTV kind of thing. That that kind of stuff when it's good, useful content spreads really easily in the right circles. Yeah, I guess just like using social, using your website to create stuff that positions you as an expert, right? Another photographer I follow, actually quite a few of them do this. They like do Instagram stories where they show their editing process. And even if you're not teaching people how to do it, it's just interesting to watch like the pictures change over time and again it just reinforces the fact that you know what you're doing and you're worth paying for and you also get to show off some amazing pictures that you've taken it's like a really nice subtle way of selling your skills people love that sort of like process porn don't they and then presumably you've got a mailing list top load it with that yes this is what i normally do but i can't do it now Here's what we're doing this week and then show, you know, some mm. of that. And telling stories going back a year. Oh, I remember this time last year yeah, exactly. I was photographing this. And then you could maybe, if the couple's okay with it, you share a bit of that and you tell a story around it. Mm-hmm. People are drawn in and they think, oh, I want Hannah to be part of my story when all of this is over. <laughs> Hannah isn't after our ideas. She's no. after almost permission to go forth you have that and like we said earlier on if you need it honestly getting a proper copywriter on board Mm. plenty of those in the group hannah and also if you need a uh, wedding photographer for 2021 you know who to call (laughs) okay we would love to know your comments Mm. maybe you've had to do something Mm. similar to this as well maybe you thought i don't want to dilute what i've got by adding all of this stuff but actually it's worked out for you in which case get in touch as ever you can do it on twitter or instagram hashtag DIFDK podcast. You can also look for episode 39 in the Facebook group and you leave your comments right there. We could be reading them out next week. And being freelance is back. It is. With a bang. Recorded from your car? Is that right? Actually, no. The episode uh. which went out this week was recorded pre-lockdown, which means we talk about conferences and meetups, oh. working in cafes. Oh. Do you remember those things, guys? <laughs> Do you know the biggest question I've got at the moment? Why do I see couples going for a walk together? (laughs) You mean they clearly live together. Therefore, why would they want to go out for a walk with each other? Yes. Yeah. You are spending all the time. Wouldn't it be nice for the other person to go out for a walk by themselves and have a bit of peace? I'm going to try and do that tomorrow. And then for you equally to stay home and have the house to yourself. Why would you go out together? And then, like, when you go out for your walk and you come back, you might even have a story to tell the other person. (laughs) Do you actually like each other that much? Bloody hell. It must be love. Love. Love.